0: Whatever that is. So, uh, yeah, we handed those over. So, yeah, don't tell them. Um, But there is a selection. Who is Sam here? There's a collection of Dickens novels, isn't there? There's 18 Dickens novels for seven quid, I think. And I said to Hannah, let's get them, let's get them. She was like, you don't read Dickens. And I was like, I know, but it'll make me look so intellectual. So, if if you... if you like Dickens or you want to be superficial, then uh, there's a bargain. I did start Tale of Two Cities once. I got to about page 15. So there you go. Anyway, I digress. Bernard, welcome. Bless you. Can I pray for you before you start? <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we do praise you for the work of International Aid Trust. Thank you, Lord. And we pray your enormous blessing over at Heavenly Father. We thank you for bringing Bernard to us this morning. And we ask, Lord, that you'd fill him your Holy Spirit now, Lord. Lord, may His words be Your words to us, Lord. And Father, would You open our ears to hear from You, Lord? Help us to focus on You, Lord. Would You challenge us? Would You inspire us? And would You change us to be more like Jesus, Lord? Support Your blessings upon Bernard. Now we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you. Praise the Lord. Good Good morning. Are you blessed? You are going to be after we've heard the word of God, I hope. I pray, I believe, yeah. Um, it must be great being educated and knowing all about Dickens and what have you. <laughs> but it's, it's better to be educated in the word of God, isn't it? You know? I said to many people, if you know more about Coronation Street than you do about the Acts of the apostles, there's something wrong in the balance of your life. And um, think about that, you know. So much of the world is distracted by, uh, by what we see on TV. And uh, I was talking to John before the service about IT and how it's controlling our lives and how we need it and become more and more independent on it. And it's like most of the progress in modern society through, uh, through the, our knowledge of the science and internet and um, it's it's a great tool if we use it in the way it should be used but if we use it in other ways it can be a terrible weapon by the enemy and if we're not careful we open up the airwaves into our houses for uh, John 10.10 the devil comes to kill to steal and destroy and we see his perversion in everything so uh, why I'm saying that is I was in the States came back three days ago and on my first day there the devil tried to knock me off course I tried to get an airport trolley with my debit card and I couldn't get the card out and I didn't realise it but the machine was scamming my card and the morning after at 5am I got a phone call from the TSB in England (laughs) saying that my account was being emptied Um, and then I got all these spurious emails they did acting to my computer I missed some really important emails from all over the world, one that a close friend had died and also my credit card was also scanned and they'd been booking flights to Washington in the U- USA <laughs> from the UK so um, you know we've, we've got to be very very careful about what we see as progress in the modern world and uh, just have our uh, defences up, praise God You know, it's wonderful to hear Arthur there about his work in the prisons and uh, I love this church you know I've I've only been this is my second time here but it's like coming home your family you've got the same values and I love the work you're doing in the various ministries and I love the work you do in supporting international aid trust it's 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 a huge ministry now and I'm I'm just a, a little part in this big machine and I get the wonderful blessings of being able to speak in churches and and telling people what God's doing through this ministry and um, the blessings of traveling overseas. And I've told people all over the U.S., and we've been raising money for the Ukraine. And um, Ukraine is in a a bit of a fix at the moment, but we believe that God will work his purpose out there. There's an awful lot of, of Ukrainians who emigrated to America in the last 22 years because of persecution, And in the the city of, not in the state of Sacramento, city of Sacramento, rather, in in California, Central California, there's something like 60 Slavic churches, 250,000 Russian speakers and former Ukrainian people who've emigrated there. So we had a, a wonderful, challenging time. I was speaking in the churches about the evils of Putin, and uh, the the, the terrible uh, troubles that Ukraine is going through. And we had Ukrainians and Russians there. And, um, you know, in 22 years of travelling in the former Soviet Union, all over East, North, South, West Ukraine, there are many Russian speakers, many Ukrainian speakers. I've never heard any problem before about the difference in language, the, the, uh, the right to use one language over another. But um, everything was okay until Mr. Putin got involved, and it's just a little bit of evil can make all the difference. You know, this recent trouble in uh, Mariupol in southeast Ukraine, there's been no trouble there. No one had ever heard of the the place. No one had ever heard of it. Can you, you, does anyone here, have you ever heard of Mariupol? No. A little bit of evil, and you hear about it. Two days ago, there were over 20 people killed, and none of them had ever had any problem before as to their identity, their ethnic identity, whether they were Russians, whether they were Ukrainian speakers. We pray against this evil, and it is evil. Next Wednesday, um, the Wednesday coming, I'll be in Ukraine. I arrive in Kiev. (coughs) I have a meeting with the... I'm under the authority and I'm ordained in the Pentecostal Union of Ukraine. We have over nearly 1,700 churches and we've lost a lot of the churches in Crimea. We've lost them. Um, We had children's camps in the Crimea for lots and lots of years, recent years, and um, that's been scrapped this year because we just can't get in there. They've stopped Christians working. The only... The the only denomination allowed to work in the Crimea is the the, uh, Russian Orthodox Church. And just to put that into context, um, during the Soviet years, over 60% of the Orthodox priests were trained by the KGB. Even today, even in our churches there will be one or two or more members who are still members of the KGB. They don't call it the KGB. They call it the SBU, the State Security Service, but they are there. I phone Eastern Europe maybe uh, two, at least uh, three, four times a day, at least twice a day. And usually my calls are, uh, are recorded. Even today, 22 years 23 years after the fall of communism, you know, the devil doesn't give up, you know, just before I went to the States, I was on the phone to Pasha, and uh, he's our director in all Kiev, in all Ukraine, rather, and Ukraine's the largest country in Europe, apart from Russia, and um, I said, okay, Pasha, thank you, But I already put the phone down, and then another click came in. I thought, what was that? And then I heard our conversation, our 89-minute conversation played back to me in totally played back every word, uh, <laughs> you know. But it's okay that the enemy's recording our conversation, but isn't it even better news that God is too? And he knows the truth, you know. So praise God, you know, praise God. Um, I know you do an awful lot of ministry, you're in prison ministry, Arthur, but we have a we have a baby prison ministry in, in Sierra Leone and I've just got a team back there from a church in uh, Watford they've had a wonderful time and um, they've built a, a rainy season kitchen because of our Newark village there we, um, we have, we have a, a school with the 500 children and staff of 21 or 2 now, but we'd know where to cook the meals in the rainy season <laughs> and all the cook is done over a a fire there outside or big fires and so they built a summer kitchen and that's doing really well but we have a, a little a little seed of prison ministry there and wouldn't it be, where's Arthur hiding? He's hiding from, he's there Yeah, wouldn't it be great Arthur if you took your, your daughter with you to <laughs> to, to, um, to really plant your seed of love in that place you know or maybe you could send someone. I know your hands are full, but uh, if we believe God, you know, we can do greater things than we ever even imagined. You know? And uh, um, I'm going to share a little bit. I didn't know you'd be sharing this morning, but last night God showed me to, as, as part of the message to uh, to say something about the prison ministry in Ukraine amongst all this turmoil and amongst all this turmoil. The work in the Ukraine is growing beyond imagination, especially amongst the prisons. I love prison ministry, and when I when I when I stand in Town Cross or, or, or a children's prison in Eastern Europe or in the cellars in Africa or wherever, I feel so blessed. I feel so blessed, and one of the biggest reasons that I feel so blessed is that I should. According to the law, according to the law of this country, if I'd have been caught years ago, I'd have been there. I would have never been allowed to travel because uh, the only difference, and I told the lads in Time Cross, the only difference between you and me is you were caught and I weren't. You know, I was a bit of a, a, a naughty boy years ago. and I used to fight with the police and um, I used to... Uh, I do silly things like uh, for the adrenaline kick, I'd go and steal a sheep and eat it and stuff like that. And, uh, and my friends call me the good shepherd. Which, uh, you know, it's... it's I'm, I'm so blessed that I do know the real good shepherd now. I do know the real good shepherd. And God is a God of second chances, of third chances and fourth chances. and And, you know... We look upon, we tend to look down on people with a, a criminal record or criminal tendencies. But Arthur spoke about something from Deuteronomy before, about if the chain isn't broken, these curses will be passed on to the third and fourth generation. But Jesus spoke about taking the axe to the root, didn't he? And, you know, what, what, does, what does root mean? What, what's the root mean? Well, from the Latin and, 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 and Greek context. It means radics or radical. You mean you need radical action. You've got to break that chain. And that's what these dear brothers and sisters are doing in the prisons. They are breaking that chain of evil, cutting it off. Cutting it off completely. You know, so that there is the next generation will be blessed from above. And because my because I didn't become a Christian till I was forty two years old, um, I had serious problems with my own children. I had five kids, and we were, they were raised in Catholic school because I was born into a Catholic family, and so was my, my wife. And um, we, uh, we struggled quite a bit. And all they would seen from me was that I was a poacher, I was a fighter, I was in trouble and stuff like that. And you know, I used to poach things. This is actually true. I'm, I'm, trying, I, I'm not glorifying any of the stupid things I've, I've done in the past. My fervent wish was that Lord, why didn't I get it sooner? I could have done so much for you. But Scripture says that the, the Lord will give you back the years that the locust has destroyed. Mm-hmm. And people come to me and say, "Aren't you doing a wonderful work? And aren't you doing this? And aren't you doing that?" I think, "No, I, I'm, I'm just a forgiven sinner. I'm a nobody." I'm a nobody. You know, but I'm, I'm talking later about whether we believe in God or we believe God. There's a difference there. Yeah. And it's not such a subtle difference. But going, going back to my children, um, they were Catholics. And when I got saved, they all made a commitment, right? They all made a commitment. And I praise God. But because there was that uncertainty in the background and, and, um, and half of them drifted away, well, for the last 10 years, every morning, I prayed. that I've, I've not actually prayed. i thank thanked God in my prayers for the fruit of my children's salvation. I've thanked God for the fruit of my children's salvation. And there's a difference between asking him for it and thanking him for it. Because he says, if you come to me, you will be saved and all your family. Hallelujah. You know? It's not an empty promise. I go back again to, 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 to what? Believing in God or believing in God. The Bible is full of God's promises. The Bible is full of God's love letters to us. We believe in God, but do we believe God? You know, it's, it's a difference. And, um, <clears throat> and um, a month ago, one of my children, um, one of my daughters, she, she'd just broke contact with me. You know she just there was no communication, none whatsoever. And a month or five weeks ago, she got in contact and praise God. She's back in church. She's stronger than ever. And, and that's, that's God's promise coming true. Yeah? It's so easy to be negative, isn't it, and say, um, oh, well, they won't bother with me because I'm a, a Christian, so let's get on with what we're doing. But we have the right to be called children of God. Scripture tells us that. And if we are children of God, our children are children of God. God has no grandchildren. We are all his children. And if we believe for ourselves, we should believe for our children. Praise God. You know, um, it, it's, it's silly to, to dwell on the past. Our future, is not, our future is not even on this earth. We are citizens of heaven. Praise God. Praise God. You know, there was a, a guy called Billy Bray, Cornish tin miner. Who's heard of Billy Bray? Oh, praise God, praise God. Well, you're blessed already, but this other this lot don't know anything about you. Billy Bray was a bit of a drunkard, and um, he was a Cardish tin miner, and he spent most of the 12 hours or more underground mining tin, and when he came out, he, he, he drank all his wages on booze, and then he got saved. And he was so blessed that he'd come out of that darkness into light. He was so blessed. And every service he went to, every chapel he went to he couldn't keep still in his seat and and he was praise the lord hallelujah glory to god and he was jumping up and really really enjoying himself you know he'd met the risen christ you know he didn't just believe there was a god he believed in god's promises that all the rubbish he'd ever done had been washed in the blood of christ and it was going forward hallelujah and um and the elders uh, who were uh, methodical methodists they said to him uh, Billy, we want to talk to you. Billy, we, you know, we know you're we we know you're excited about God, but let's um, we want to calm you down a bit. And we've noticed that your you, your boots are falling to bits. And uh, how would you like a new pair of boots? He said, Oh, I'd love that. And they said, well, if you promise to keep quiet, if you promise to keep quiet, we'll buy you a new pair of boots. Yeah. And he said, okay, okay, I'd love a pair of boots. So they got him the new pair of boots. And the following Sundays, he's in his chair and the preacher started. And um, he was bringing the gospel alive. And Billy was sat on his hands and he couldn't move. And then all of a sudden he jumped up. He said, Boots are no boots. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. (laughs) Now that's that's how we should be today, isn't it? Isn't that how we should be today? Yeah? You know, God doesn't God doesn't want us all to be Yeah mm, that's okay. Yes. He wants us to be excited and happy with the word of God, with what He's promised for us, with what He's promised for our families, with what He's promised to do through us. Because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can do all things. You know? So many people get saved and they think that Um, that's it, I'm saved now I'm going to heaven and that'll do me that's not really what God, that's that's going back to believing there is a God but not believing God there is a difference, hallelujah there is a difference (sighs) in Ukraine they've had a thousand years of suffering and um There's 40 burnt to death in Odessa, you know. But we look to the future there. On next Wednesday, I arrive in Kiev, and then I I go to Odessa, into the prisons. We've uh, We've got baptism service in prisons. We've got so many coming to the Lord in the prisons. I'm marrying two couples who were former prisoners. It's just incredible, you know. What God! do, what God can do, and um, from there I go to a Pentecostal conference in Lviv, and uh, and from there we go to Kiev, and uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a, a wonderful, wonderful time, and very soon these problems will be in the past, and again Arthur, we have a big prison ministry over there, you know, I don't want to spread you too thin, but... <laughs> I've got a word for you. God's only just started in your prison ministry. <laughs> Praise God. Let's, uh, I was supposed to be speaking this morning on Romans 4. <laughs> anyway, Romans 4 begins at the wrong place. Whoever, whoever when, when the Bible was written, when the New Testament was written, there wasn't chapters, there, there weren't scripture numbers. So they did it wrong. It's, Romans 4 actually starts in Romans three 21. Let's have a look, please. <clears throat> but now a righteousness from God apart from law has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe there is no difference. There is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Every one of you here, every one in the world, all have sinned. And are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed before and unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Praise God. Let's go on to chapter 4. See, this is, this is chapter 4. Paul's now saying, after he's said this in chapter 3, what shall we say then that Abraham, our forefather, discovered in this matter? If in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now, when a man works, his wages are not credited to him. As a gift, but as an obligation. Praise God. We'll stop there. We'll stop there a minute. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. It's just belief. He didn't believe in God. He believed God. Yeah? He believed God. Big difference, friends. I'm I'm going to keep emphasizing that, you know. It's a powerful statement. Powerful statement. He believed God because God had spoken to him. It wasn't just some abstract idea. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of false religions in the world who believe in their own gods. You know? But when God speaks to you, when we believe God, we can see massive changes, massive changes. And to Abraham, it was his closest friend speaking. It was his father. Just today, like we can call him Abba, Father, Papa. You know, just like just like your best friend, only is your father too. You're speaking to him, you know, and he speaks to us. So we're not believing in the God; we're believing what he says to us, to us, to us. <clears throat> you know, there was uh, there was there was a, a pastor in Greece. He was actually a a Catholic priest, a fiery Catholic priest years ago, and the crops were failing. They were really failing, and they'd had no, no rain, you know. And um, he got the flock together, and he said all week, he said, I, I want you to fast. He said, I want you to fast and pray. And then when you come back next Sunday, he said, we, we'll do this for the si- next six days, and then next Sunday we'll come back, and um, I want us all to thank God for, uh, for his, his hearing our prayers and um, so they went away and the following Sunday they came back and he looked at him and he looked so angry he said I'm not going to give thanks to God for your prayers and they said why we've been fasting all week we've been fasting all week and and, and we've been praying why won't you pray and thank God for for the rains he said where are your umbrellas where are your umbrellas? You saw, he, he, he took that faith a step farther. He took believing God a step farther, You know, if if they'd have really believed God the way that that pastor had, they'd have had the umbrellas ready. You know, when Abraham was in the desert, and um, uh, if if God had said, "It's going to throw it down," he'd have run for cover. You know, because he believed God. You know, it, it, it's that simple. That's It's like when we hear God's voice, and brothers and sisters, they speaking to every one of us on a daily basis. And some of us don't want to listen to him. Some of us think, that can't be God. He wouldn't say that to me, you know. But listen again and that still small voice. And when we listen, when, when we believe God, we can see a massive difference in our lives, in our families. You know, my first wife, bless her, she went to be with the Lord uh, 13 years ago. But she prayed for me for 15 years to come to Christ, to come to Christ. And she believed, and, and lots lots of other people did. They, they prayed. They prayed believing. You know, it's got to be in God's time, but it always answers prayers. Not always in the way we want, and he doesn't always give us directions in what to do the way we would perceive is the right way, but it's always in his way and always in his time, you know. 22 years ago, I was a, a brand new Christian, and it was my second trip into the former Soviet Union. And um, I, I was a mechanic engineer by trade, by my second, second trade, and I was leading the third truck. <coughs> we've been uh, we've been we took thousands of Bibles into Eastern Europe, and um, you know one the first words in Russian I learned were these. a uh, This is a Bible, it's a gift. take it, please. And um, from that very beginning when God gave me a vision for Eastern Europe, we began taking scripture. And humanitarian aid to all the poor villages, and I got that from uh, Luke 4:16 to 22. We've heard that scripture before, where it's a practical and spiritual gospel. And um, but we were on our way back, and we'd had a few thousand Bibles, and I had 5,000 Bibles left between the three trucks. And I was in the front, and I'd been a Christian a matter of months. And we were we'd been praying. We said, Lord. We've gone to all this trouble of getting these Bibles sponsored from China. They've shipped them over to the UK. We paid for them to be printed in China, shipped them to the UK, got them sponsored in all the schools and churches, and we're bringing them back. This can't be right. That I was in the lead truck, and the others were ancient Christians who were with me. You know, they, were, they, they, they all had beards, and I didn't. And At that time, I thought to be a Christian, you had to have a beard. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, stop your truck here. And we're, we're coming to the last city before you leave Ukraine for Poland. And I looked round, and there was nothing. It was just like an industrial center of a city. And big warehouses and apartment blocks on each side, no sign of civilization, not one person. I said, what? He said, this, this was an audible voice in my head. He said, this is where I want you to give the Bibles out. So I stopped the truck, feeling a bit foolish. And um, my my partner in the truck said, why have you stopped? I said, this is where we have to give the Bibles out. And he said, but there's nothing here. I said, I don't know. I just said, follow me. And, <laughs> and the other two trucks behind me, they, they, they got out. And we've each got a big box of Bibles, right? Six of us, six or seven of us. And I'm in the lead. I'm a brand new Christian. I've got all these mature Christians behind me. I felt a right book. <laughs> I, thought, I thought, what's going on, Lord? You know, and I'm walking along, and there's nothing. Then there was a break in all this architecture, all these buildings. There was a archway in the wall. I said, it's through here. Well, I said it's through here because I couldn't see anywhere else. <laughs> so we went through. We went through. And uh, and then there was a big courtyard. I thought, oh, heck, Lord. He said, keep going. And um, you see I believed God's voice. I believed God's voice. That's trouble today with so many people. That they believe in God, but do you believe what God's saying to you, you? know. And there was another archway at the end of this courtyard, and I went through. And friends, when I went through, there was a big field, like a play area, like a, a park with no swings or anything. And that day was National Women's Day in Ukraine. And it was full of women and their children in national costumes. And in 20 minutes, we'd given away 500 Bibles. 500 Bibles, you know. And that's what happens when you listen to God's voice, you know. That, that might, may seem a, a little thing, but, you know, coincidence, coincidence. No, God incidences, God incidences. When we listen to his voice, he brings along the incidences. And if you fit up, if you align, we've got, got what's with what God's telling you to do, we see a big difference. The following trip, I thought, we're not going to, that's not going to happen again. Surely, you know, that won't happen again. And it didn't. We only had 50 Bibles left at this time. We we'd a box with 50 Bibles in. And we got to nearly the same place again. And I'm thinking, well, you know, women's day today, we've only 50 left. And, and Lord, what do you want? <clears throat> he said, uh, Pulled in for fuel here. There was one filling station, one filling station. And at that time, you couldn't buy much fuel from filling stations. You had to buy it from men at the side of the road with 45-gallon tru- uh, drums. And there'd be grass in it and all sorts. And being an engineer, I was the one who, a mechanic, I was the one who had to clean all the systems out. And um, we pulled in for this fuel. And there was an old Mercedes car at the side of me. And I'm filling up our truck. And I started talking in broken Russian, bits of Russian, to this guy at the side of me. I said, what are you doing here? He said, oh, I've I've come from uh, such a place and I'm I'm starting a church here. I said, is there anything you need? He said, we're desperate for Bibles. We've no Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) See, and this has gone on for the last 20-odd years, last 20-odd years. Um... The weather, you know, I, I, I came back from, from California three days ago and all we've seen is sunshine and, 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 and big strawberries and apples like this and sunshine and, and it was tiring but we had a wonderful time and, and I, I felt the benefit of the sunshine, you know. And then we came back, it's never stopped raining. <laughs> and um, and they promised, promised good weather for next week. Well, I'll be in Ukraine, so praise so the Lord. <laughs> prison ministry Arthur uh, God loves prison ministry and if you, if you look in uh, Luke, Luke 4 18 verse 19 I think it is he, he says he's anointing me to set the captives free yeah to help the blind see again and the lame walk and we've seen so many churches founded with ex prisoners who the world's given up on in five days I'll be in Odessa in six days we'll be opening another church there and in the last year that'll be the fifth church sorry fourth church in the last year we've opened with former prisoners as the pastors and 80-90% of their congregations are former prisoners Praise God! You know there might be some of those amongst you who think that um, well, they must be bad people. Da, 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 da. You know that Scripture we just read from Romans 6:23 says all the sin short of the glory of God. There's not one of you, it. Not one of you. We're saved by grace through faith. Nothing that we've done. And that's one of the major points that Paul focuses on all through his ministry. He knew it because he said, I'm the greatest of sinners. Paul admitted it. I've admitted it. Let's all admit it. Without God's grace, we are nothing. And that to me, when I see these churches, it's wonderful. When I see people healed of AIDS, when I see them married with children and thriving, and they're part of an ever-growing family, that comes from believing God's word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Believe it. Don't believe in God. Believe God, His promises for you, your life, your children. You know, (coughs) you're never too old. Abraham, how old was he? Nearly hundred years old. His wife was ninety. And when in in that, following that, more of that uh, Romans four there, he talks about. When God told Abraham he was going to be the father of many nations, what did Abraham do? He didn't uh, say, no way, no way, no way I'm going to do that. I'm 100 years old, nearly. my life's over, my my wife is 90, there's no way I'm going to do that. What, What do you think Abraham did when he got that news, when God spoke to him? Do you know what I think he did? I think he started making a crib, a cradle, yeah, even though he was 90. And when he told his wife she might have thought there's no way. No way that she maybe she said there's no way perhaps she didn't have perhaps the same relationship with God as Abraham did. But but she changed her mind when she was pregnant. You know, and if we put our trust in believing what God says, we'll change our mind when that fruit of his love becomes pregnant in our lives. Becomes a fact. Mark chapter four. He says that first you plant the seed, then the stem comes, and then the leaf, and then the full grain will appear. It's all in God's timing, but when He says it, I believe it. So let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, about four years ago, we were we were baptizing in the prisons in in Odessa, and it was we had. We had services booked for Friday, and, uh, Saturday, and Sunday. On Saturday, it was in the men's prison inside, so it didn't matter about the weather, but it was May, I and mean, it was terrible weather. Terrible weather. The skies were black and grey, and rain came down. When it rains in Odessa, you know about it. There's, there's floods and over the top of cars and um, I'm thinking of this inside the men's prison and that was okay we recovered but the day after in the women's prison we didn't have the facility inside and we had a big inflatable pool outside in the yard in the exercise yard I said Lord this is good it's a wonderful I didn't want to be too negative and tell God off for the weather you know but I said Lord this is good today we've seen these salvations these killers giving their lives to Christ but tomorrow we're outside and um, what about a bit of sunshine, Lord? We, we, I'm sure we'll have sunshine, Lord, you know. And I didn't know it, but others, another of my friends, had been praying. The day after, I woke up at half past seven and it was just the same. The rain was pouring down, and um, we drove up to the prison doors, <coughs> gates, women's prison. I can see it in my mind's eye now. And as we approached the gates, the clouds parted over the prison look at me I'm telling them the clouds parted over the prison the sun poured down and we drove in and we set the sound equipment up we sent the amps up, the guitars and the praise and worship team like we've had this morning and for three hours we had wonderful sunshine and 20 20 odd ladies were baptised and, uh, and as we pack the equipment up into the, I can still see it putting the stuff in the boots putting the stuff in the boots of the cars the clouds closed and the rain came down well, we believe God he provides he loves your church but he's going to do even greater things amongst you he's going to do even greater things we've just got to believe what he says we already believe God we gather here with a wonderful church and all the community, all the village know that you're an active church and, you know we can do greater things we can do greater things you know, I'm just going to go back to, to prisons Arthur, I bet you're glad I came this morning <laughs> I'm glad you came anyway so I don't care what you think <laughs> why a prisoner sent to prison they've broken the law haven't they they have to fall in line with the earthly legal system yeah but do come on I'll ask you a question do laws make a person good hmm? does having laws make a person good do having these laws make Arthur's uh, kids better no, they don't, because they've already broken them. They have to have a heart change. There has to be a spiritual change. There has to be a complete radical change. That's why we are saved by grace. We couldn't survive under the law. That's another major point of Paul in, in Romans 3 and 4. We are saved by grace. There is nothing we can do in our own strength to find, make our way to heaven, to earn our way to heaven. You know, none of it. And um, he has a go at the Pharisees, you know, and he talks about uh, circumcision. And the Pharisees thought that uh, when you were circumcised, that was a sign that you belonged to God and you were going to heaven. But Paul says, does circumcision or not circumcision guarantee you eternal life? No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter either way. It's a heart change. It's the circumcision of the heart it's a circumcision of the heart. It's a change in our heart, our very being, our spirit. And that comes about by not believing there is a God, but believing what God says. Praise God, praise God. You know, um, <clears throat> and so many people are working in these ministries, bringing change, yeah? And, and, and let's, not, let's not beat about the bush myself and all our wonderful teams around the world working in prisons they're doing a fantastic job inside prisons right? But there is many like me who never got caught and they're in the prisons of their own creation outside and they still need the word of God they still need you to go and visit and set them free and break that chain. Even in your own families you can make a difference don't give up on your families you know In Acts, when the uh, Philippian jailer, he said, uh, what must I do to be saved? And he said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you and all your family will be saved. Believe what God says and you will be saved. Thank God for the fruit of your children's salvation and they will be saved. It says in Ephesians uh, 2, verse 8, this is Paul again. Paul is such a, such a wonderful, wonderful. Uh, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your undoing, but it is a gift of God. We are saved by grace through faith. <clears throat> you know, when, when Abraham was told by God, to take his son and sacrifice him. He didn't say, oh, I can't do that, God. He said, No, I, but he believed God. Yeah, he, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. We are made righteous by faith. Not what, not what we do. We, we are saved by grace through faith, but we are made righteous by that faith. Abraham went up on the mountain and was, was going to sacrifice his son. When we believe God, he brings about the better result. And he was just about to sacrifice his son when uh, God said, don't do that. I've provided, I've provided. And there was a ram in the thorn bush. You see, the Old Testament is the New Testament hidden. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. It's one book. It's all leading to the Messiah. It's all leading to Christ's coming It's it's all leading us to meet the saviour and believe on what God says he will do through the saviour. And when God provided that ram for Abraham, that was like a a shadow of things to come. We don't have to do it ourselves. He's going to provide the ultimate, the, 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 the perfect lamb of God. who takes away the sins of the world if we let him two Chronicles seven fourteen says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. And where does our land start? In our families. In our families, brothers and sisters, in our families. You know, let's not try to evangelise the world and neglect praying, thanking God for the fruit of our children's salvation. They don't give up, never give up, never ever give up. God didn't give up on us. God never gave up on us. He never will give up on us. We're his creation. Praise God. Let's look at uh, some others who believed. When Noah was told there'd be a, a huge flood, yeah? He, uh, what do you think he did? he did? Did he try to flee to the highest mountain? Did he try to save his, his family? No, he told the people this, this is what would happen. And he began to build a heart right away. He believed God. And he was saved and his family was saved. When Moses was told by God to lead the people into the promised land, He didn't panic and said, I can't do this. I can't defeat the Pharaoh's armies and I'm I'm nothing. He went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. Let my people go. That's what happens when you believe what God is saying. He gives you a power. In Timothy it says, in 1 Timothy it says, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and a sound mind. Power and a sound mind. We are children of God. We shall be afraid of nothing. <clears throat> and King David, as a boy, um, young boy, he was uh, told by God, Go down there and defeat Goliath, this like nine foot tall monster. He didn't run away. He said, Okay, Lord. He took some little stones and defeated Goliath. But it's not easy, is it? It's not easy. There's always a consequence. The devil never gives up. He knows which strings to pull and which buttons to press. And all these people we're talking about, they all came up against opposition and problems afterwards. Look at King David. He, he ended up sending one of his best friends into the front line to be killed because he fancied his wife. But God said, he is a man after my own heart. You know, We're not saved by what we do. We're saved by grace through faith and listening to God you know. look, at, look at the wonderful prose that David wrote you know. God takes something bad and squeezes all the dirt out of it and brings out beauty and purity and righteousness through faith <clears throat> John the Baptist when he was told that the Messiah had come what did he do? This was something he prepared all his life for. And he went and he said, the Messiah's coming, repent, repent, the Messiah's here, you know. And 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 he gave his life. And even in prison, he had doubts, didn't he? He had doubts. He was going to be executed any day. And he sent his friends to Jesus, one of his friends, and he, and he said to Jesus, um, John sent us, he said, are you the one who is to come? Are are you the Messiah? Or is there one yet to come? Jesus didn't answer immediately. Read it, read it. Jesus didn't answer, but he gave him these facts. He turned away and he started healing the people. healed the blind. He, he, He healed the sick and the lame. And the dead were raised. And then he went back to the messages from John and said, go and tell John the things which you have seen. They went, <laughs> they went back to prison they went back to prison and said well he didn't ask us John but we saw him healing the sick we saw the blind seen again and we saw the dead raised and John said hallelujah that's the God I've been listening to praise God you know this didn't stop 2000 years ago it's happening today it's happening today we just gotta believe we just gotta believe In Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. You know what that says to me? When God says it, I believe it, let's do it. He calls these things as if they already exist. This is not fairy tales. This is God speaking to us. Not fairy tales. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of seen and sin. I could talk to you for hours about when God's given me a project like orphanage in Sri Lanka or ch- rescue children's centres in Eastern Europe or schools in Africa and we've had no money. But God said, that's what you're going to do. You know something? In January of this year, I had the wonderful privilege of seeing an man's son come to Christ at an outreach in Africa. And then I thought, well, I've got problems here because he's not just the man's son; he's a local leader. Yeah, he's the, he's, he's the local area leader. And um, <clears throat> what's he going to say at the end of the meeting? He came up to me. He said uh, he didn't speak good English. Very distinguished. The next time I come, I'll show you photos on. I'll, I'll do i I'll do a PowerPoint on it. And he said, uh, "My son gave life, Jesus." I said, "Yeah." Yeah, he loves Jesus now. And I'm sat there with my arms folded thinking, get me out of this, Lord. You know what? Give me words. And I just said, we're having another meeting tomorrow. Will you come? He said, yeah, I'll come. I'll come. And the night after, I gave a similar message. You know the message that brings people to Christ, mercy seat, the foot of the cross, is that you're all equal under God's eyes. There's no caste system in the kingdom. You're all one. And the, the night after, there were quite a few lots. A couple of undergave their lives. But the first one on the platform was the Iman. Was the Iman. And, uh, you know, there's a spiritual law and a natural law for everything, right? And this guy, this guy, think about compassion. Jesus looked on him I had compassion. This guy had four wives, this Iman. 25 children, over 50 grandchildren. And some legalists, one or two legalists, have said to me, well, he'll have to get rid of his wives now. And I said, well, what, what would Jesus do? Would he send them all off to die? Or what would Jesus do? No, this man's in his, his 60s, but he's got all this huge family. And now we've got a church there. Well, he nearly has a church of his own. You know, <laughs> but, but he's also a fisherman, right? and God gave me this he said he said ask him about his boat and I said how's your fishing going he said oh we have big storm last May boat destroyed through an interpreter and uh, I said oh it'd be difficult to get another boat he said no we have I have a big tree we can hollow it out I, I got this through our director Michael he said but nets cost nets cost <clears> 350 pounds I said well I'll well. I'll do a deal I said if you'll throw your nets out for other Muslims to know the truth I'll buy you the nets to bring the fish in to feed the family. practical and spiritual, praise God it's it's wonderful friends, wonderful friends you know it's alright me saying this but it's where is your belief when God speaks to you today after this meeting where will your belief there's a tightrope walker. You seen the tightrope walker grow across the Niagara Falls, yes. Yeah? And there was another guy and he went across two apartment buildings in America. And he was trying to make a statement on faith. And he said, Who believes I can walk across this tightrope? And most people put their hand up, you know. So he went across and he was like this, you know, he was and they were what's happening? And then he started dancing on the way, neck in front of him. He said, I can do it. That's the old clap, you know. Then he got this wheelbarrow out. He said, who believes I can cross to the other side with this wheelbarrow? And they all said, no, not all of them. Some said, yeah, you can do it, you can do it. And one man who was shouting the loudest that he could do it, he said, well, will you come and sit in the wheelbarrow? would we sit in the wheelbarrow if Jesus was pushing it? Yeah. If Jesus was putting it? You know, the man fell from a cliff and he, and he, and, and he, uh, he grabbed on this root, you know, tree root. I'm saying this because it happened to me, but this is not the same situation. And uh, he was hanging there and there was a 150-foot drop and he shouted, is there anyone up there? And this voice said, Yes, this is God. Let go and I'll catch you. And he shouted, is anyone else up there? (laughs) You know, I I, I remember years ago when I was hunting, shooting, poaching and and, and I fell off the side of a, a cliff. And it's the only time I've been really frightened in my life. And I was hanging by these roots. And to this day, I don't know how I got out of there. But I do know that since then, God has used me to bring the good news to many people all over the world. Many people all over the world. Praise God. It says in Romans 10. I'm going to read it. Romans 10, verse 8. What does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, word of faith. Paul keeps going on about faith. Word of faith in your heart. That God has raised him from the dead and you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. Our belief gives us righteousness before God. Our faith gives us righteousness. There's nothing we can do to do it ourselves, you know. You can paint the church. You can clean the carpets. These are all wonderful things. And uh, I'm I'm not being derogatory about that because some of the cleaners and painters and cooks in our churches all over the world, they'll have higher places in heaven, I believe, than some of our pastors and bishops. I really believe that. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says... Whoever believes will not be put to shame. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Praise God. Praise God. You know, we sometimes we struggle and think that's not for me, I'm not strong enough I'm not called to do that just ask God what he wants you to do just talk to God as you would your father or your best friend just be open and he'll speak back you know and he'll give us that strength and he'll give us that purpose and there's not many people there's not many people who will who will take that on board and believe you know if, if you Look in in Numbers 13 when Joshua and Caleb were sent with another 10 into Canaan, into the promised land and they were sent as as spies or agents and the 10 came back and said, we'll never do this. We'll never do this because the people there are huge. You know, okay, they've grapes like apples and they've huge harvests of this and that and the olives are wonderful and it's just a wonderful green land but... The habitants are like giants. And they'll treat us like little ants. They'll squash us. We can't even begin to go there. But Joshua and Caleb came back, two out of the twelve, and they said, Yeah, there's problems. We can take it. God's promised it. That's what God says. We can do it. God bless you. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus. Father, I thank you that this church listens to you. I thank you, Father, that they are involved in so many ministries, Father. And Father, I just love coming here. Father, it's a wonderful, anointed, servant's heart, serving church. You've got some educated, gifted people here, Father. You've got some real giving spirits, Father. You've got so many gifts. I pray this day, Father, that you pour out your spirit upon them. And use these gifts, Father. Speak to these brothers and sisters, to these youth, Father. Father, I pray that um, uh, we claim the future of the youth in this church, that they would go out, Father, into this land, into this village, into this county, and tell others of the good news of Jesus Christ, Father. We claim that now because we, we, we take your word as truth, Father. We take your word as truth, Father. And we believe and, Father, just bless these people, bless their giving hearts, bless their ministries, Father, and bless the truth of your word which you have planted in this church. Amen. Thank
0: you. I'm, of course, aware of the time, but uh, I really believe that we need to pray over Bernard as he goes out to Ukraine. And we need to pray for that situation there. So let's just take a moment to do that before we officially uh,
1: Sorry, bring our I time together. Sorry, to I looked at the close. time. I do apologize. No, no, no.
0: So that, I didn't say that because of that. Okay, so if you want to pray for Bernard, please pray out loud. Please pray nice and loud so we can hear and respond together. If you want to pray, just pray.